You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there, you listen to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today, I'm staying in the UK, and I'm going down south where I am. I'm speaking to the absolute amazing Celine Ellis. Hi, Celine. Hey, Dom. How are you doing? How are you doing? Good, thank you. Good. I'm a little bit snivelly today. Hay fever is rife down here. Oh, I mean, I've been suffering so bad recently. I mean, you can tell we're going into spring. You can tell it's getting towards those warmer days. I mean, it's it's, it's a bit cold and blustery today, but yeah, I hate it. Yeah, hay but I'm not, we're not arguing that the, the, the evenings are definitely lighter and the clocks are going forward, aren't they? Is that this weekend? Spring forward. Weekend. Uh, yeah. Yes, I think it's this weekend. Ah, oh, cannot wait. Yeah. Definitely. Can't wait for the summer now. Everything seems to be kind of heading towards uh, getting back to normal. Well, that's Looking a- forward to being able to get out and about in the summer. That's it. I mean, we're getting towards the actual implement... In- the the start of the roadmap that our wonderful Prime Minister has given us. And mm-hmm. you know, we're getting ever so closer to actually starting to see things open up. And for me personally, I cannot wait to go to the pub. I'm not a drinker, personally, but even I want to go to the pub just to hang out with people yeah. and see people that I've not seen properly for ages. Well, Definitely. That's that's it. You know, I'm not a I'm not a heavy drinker. I'll have like a whiskey and coke, but it's just seeing people, being able to be in the yeah. presence of others. It's that kind of community feel you get in the pub. That, that, that's the thing for me that's been missing over the last twelve months. It's just random conversations with strangers. That's one of my favourite things, actually. People watching and random conversations with strangers. Oh my! I love people watching. When I go on holiday to Spain or wherever, I'll find a cafe. Oh, yeah. I'll sit down yeah. and have a coffee and I'll just watch. I'll just watch people walking yeah. by. I'll just, oh, yeah. it's one of my favourite things to do. Absolutely. I find myself a sun lounger in the shade, get myself a frozen cocktail, and I'll just kind of watch everyone else by the pool. Oh, Brilliant. I cannot wait. I mean, I'm supposed to be going to Greece in October, and hopefully, all still goes across. ahead. Just, I don't want to I think go October, all. surely, surely October we should be, well, actually we said that, didn't we? I was supposed to be in Thailand last month. Really? I didn't get to go. Yeah. We, was, we booked it for, we we had a ca- holiday cancelled last March, because we spoke, the day we went into lockdown last March, I was supposed to be flying to America, but that got cancelled. So we thought, well, let's just rebook something for this time next year. Everything will be fine by then. This is all kind of a blown out. You know, this is all going to be blown over by the summer anyway. No, we were still in lockdown and stuff, so the Thailand trip got cancelled as well. So I'm not booking anything now until everything's back to normal officially. <laughs> Too much disappointment. That's so, so frustrating. I mean, I cannot... Like I say with um, Greece, I just cannot wait to get away and get onto a plane. I mean, I went to Greece last year in September, just as we was in that middle period between reopening and closing again. So that was nice. I mean, wearing a mask on a plane, it didn't really bother me. It hurt my ears a bit. No, I don't think it... Yeah. 
you know the the, <laughs> the tags that go around your ears it was it was pulling on my ears and when it's like that for four hours constantly it's like uh, i can't stand this i can't and i've got quite big ears for those that have seen me on live streams and I just, I cannot wait till we can actually start socializing and interacting without these kind of precautions, without these social distancing, without yeah. what, you know, worrying about hurting other people. I tell you what, though, I think I am going to be a little bit cautious when it comes to going into a, like a busy environment again. I think it's just going to be kind of inset in us now, instilled into us that. You're supposed to stay this far apart, and I think by the time it comes to being in a in a, a pub or a bar or even on a stage in a venue or something, like that, I'll be a little bit kind of mm, <laughs> people. Where's my plastic screen? I need my screen. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go back to that. I can't wait though because I mean I've done live stream performances throughout the lockdown, and I've you know that's kept me connected to people and kept me the music's kept me going and stuff, but. I can't wait to be in a room where you can actually kind of vibe off the audience when you're playing or, or being in the audience and having that with someone else singing as well. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Well worth the wait, hopefully. How has it been then for yourself? Because you took a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been playing and performing and recording for, let's just say, a number of years because we don't talk about age. But you're only 21. Yeah. Yes, 21 twice. <laughs> Literally. Um, so I, I took a big break. I, I was in a band for a number of years, uh, uh, three of us and down to two of us, and we gigged three, four times a week. We wrote songs, we were recording demos and, you know, trying to work hard on our music. And uh, life circumstances happened with that, with that band, unfortunately, and we didn't fall out, but we just kind of drifted like you know, Adam, the lad I was in the band with, he had a little little baby. Yeah. His priorities changed. My my priorities changed, and I think I just kind of fell out with music, if that's even possible. Yeah, I get my, my that. guitar sits in 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 the lounge, and I didn't even want to pick it up and play after that. And it was a good four or five years of kind of not really feeling feeling it anymore. Um, and I think it was about kind of August, September 2019, so just before the pandemic, I kind of, um, I'd got myself into a better headspace and I picked the guitar up and I was kind of playing little bits and I'd met a few people when we'd been in the pub and seen a few different people performing in this area because obviously we moved to a whole new area as well, which during that time, which, you know, you have to kind of create a whole new kind of group of friends again, don't you? So it kind of makes that a little bit difficult, but yeah. I just kind of fell in with some new people, kind of by accident, but perfectly timing for me. And they've helped me kind of uh, reevaluate my love of music and get back into it again. And as I kind of started snowballing, then the lockdown happened. And uh, I decided to just throw myself into recording. I kind of bought myself a few little bits that I was missing to set up the, the home studio here. This room was full of... Um, Junk. It was like the junk room. So. <laughs> some, some people have a drunk, uh, junk drawer. You actually have we a, had a junk, junk room. room. Yeah. It was just, we haven't got room for this. Where should we put it? Put it in the little room. Okay. But I kind of we cleared it all out and moved everything out and I put the guitars on the wall. And so they were out. So once they're out, you can play them and 
uh, bought a little interface so I could start recording on my computer. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to teach myself, I'm going to learn. And I learned by doing. So yeah. I had some songs. Thought, we'll just kind of crack on and see what happens. And uh, that's kind of how it all kind of snowballed out of control for me this time <laughs> last year. <laughs> In a good way, obviously. I mean, it's been great seeing the kind of responses people have had to your music. I mean, recently on Arc Radio, Simon and Charlotte have really, really bigged you up, and too rightly as well. You know, your music is amazing. I mean, Those recent, guys are, thank you. Your recent song, Those Too guys Late. Are, <laughs> we keep interrupting. I think we've got a bit of a time delay going on. Simon and Charlotte have been absolutely ridiculously positive about my music and it was just a kind of um i saw a, a post on a country music group on facebook about arc radio and i thought should i just send them an, an email and see if they would listen to my song and give even if it was just to give me some feedback to say you know oh it, you know maybe you can do that that's kind of what i was expecting but um charlotte came back to me and said oh my god we're going to play you on the radio and i was like <laughs> yes what yeah that's awesome <laughs> and it's kind of, so for, not that I haven't got confidence in myself I do but when you kind of new at, at my age being new to something it's kind of a weird experience I guess um previously in the band I was playing in when we were doing all this kind of stuff it, that was kind of Adam's job to do all the kind of promotion and marketing so I've kind of had to kind of learn all about it and, uh, it's kind of a different side to the music industry that you a lot of people don't don't enjoy it i'm quite enjoying it i'm i'm you know not a workaholic but i enjoy having something to kind of throw myself into and something that i'm so passionate about as well um it's actually been quite fun for me yeah so when you kind of get the support from people like yourself sam and charlotte um sammy over at three chords country wrote a stupendously good review for me <laughs> of the new track i wasn't expecting that that just blew me away the other day when she released that for me it just makes me kind of really kind of energized even more to kind of do more stuff write more music write more songs um, play more places that's that's my next thing to kind of start talking to people about is where can i now go and go and play rather yeah. than just my little my little bubble around milton Keynes, northampton where i've been playing until now I want to kind of spread my little wings a little bit. And you see, head out there. with being based in Milton Keynes, one of the first questions I asked before we actually started the chat was, okay, then, so you live right on the border between nor uh, being a northerner and being a southerner? Because people always say it's like Milton mm. Keynes, Watford area, that's kind of like, if you're above that, you're a northerner. If you're below that, you're a southerner. Yeah. And you had a fantastic way of explaining the difference between being a northerner and a southerner absolutely so there's no other way i don't think that you can describe when you're in the south or the north except for when you go to a chip shop and if you can buy gravy with your chips you're in the north yeah if there's no gravy in the chip shop menu you're in the south i mean and we here don't have gravy in our chip shops Sacrilege for me coming from up north, really. Chips and gravy. It's been a hard, uh, <laughs> mm. been a hard thing to swallow. I've had to kind of move over to curry sauce with my chips on a Friday, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's my decision factor. <laughs> I mean, curry sauce isn't a bad sauce to go to, particularly from a chip shop, because oh, just both both styles, you know, the Chinese curry sauce and the fruity mm-hmm. curry sauce. Oh, just both are amazing. Oh, I really want fish just and chips not, now. Not not mushy peas for me. I can't do mushy peas. What is it about mushy but, peas? Yeah. I don't. I just don't like the texture. <laughs> I think I just you know. There's not many foods I don't eat. Dog. I'm a I'm a foodaholic. I work hard at this figure. Um, you don't get this figure from not liking food. Um, but there's very few things: raisins and dried fruit. I don't don't get that. Yeah. I don't understand why you want to suck all that lovely juice out of things and then eat them. <laughs> uh, Mushy peas. And that's pretty. That's pretty much the only ones that come to mind. Marmite. Not don't like marmite, but um, that's, you love it or you hate it kind of thing with marmite, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there, there was there was a period of time where marmite. I used to like it in thin amounts on toast, but then there was times where I just couldn't stand it. So I think for me, it's more of a hate. I don't. I'm not a big fan of marmite. Mm. Everything else. I used to live in Bur- Bur- Burton on Trent. Mm-hmm. which obviously the brewing industry around there and that kind of hoppy yeasty smell that used to just drift around all the time i think that's what put me off marmite <laughs> i think for me it's more the fact i've got a sweet tooth and marmite being so savory being so bitter mm. it's just not yeah no you're the exact opposite to me i'm a savory person yeah i've been known to have a prawn, co- prawn cocktail for pudding me Oh, I do love a good prawn cocktail, though. Particularly at Christmas. Yeah, yeah whenever I was ordering puddings, I was like, can I have something off the start of the menu? And they're like, yeah, sure. Or the <laughs> prawn cocktail or a bit of pate on toast or something. Ooh. Oh, that, that, that's... I can't... You can't be a bit of pate. hungry now, aren't we? <laughs> oh, I'm so hungry. I mean, we're chatting now. I mean, I might as well give the time and date for reference. I mean, we're talking on the 26th of March. It's a Friday. And it's quarter to twelve, so we're getting towards no lunch. Yeah, I have no breakfast either. Now, do you say yeah, lunch or dinner? Oh, definitely lunch. Lunch and dinner for me. There we go. There I think we that, go. Yeah, that, that's a that's a northern thing, though, isn't it? I think dinner and tea is what people in the north say. You see, I say tea quite okay. a lot. I vary. I think I vary between everything. I say, oh, I'm off to go get some snap, or I'm going to get some. Tiffin or yeah, I think I use. I'm, much... I'm a lunch and dinner person. Yeah. Oh, lunch and tea, lunch and dinner, dinner and tea. You can use it all for the same yeah. thing. Apart from lunch, lunch is always that kind of midday. Lunch is thing. always lunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Some people say like supper when they mean dinner. Yeah. And you get some supper. Supper to me is the thing you have after just your before tea. you go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like the that's kind of like the eight o'clock snack, eight o'clock nine o'clock snack that you have. Yeah, where you yeah, think yeah, definitely. I fancy something mm, to eat. I'll just have a bit of cereal or pizza toast or crumpet or toast and pate is perfect for supper. Yeah, or cheese and crackers. Cheese that's and crackers. My favorite thing to have. Supper. Yeah, cheese and crackers. Am I weird? Am I weird for saying that I love like crackers dry? Yeah, like cream crackers. Hmm. I could just, you know, the Jacob's cream crackers you can get. I could just sit the down. Re- regular ones, not like flavored ones. Not the flavored yeah. ones, just the regular square. I could yeah. just, I can just eat them. 
But it's like toast. Yeah. I can just eat dry toast as well. Oh, no, I can't eat dry toast. No, no. I mean, it's not as good as with oh. butter. Yeah. But... But if you haven't got any, then, that's, you know, needs must sometimes. But I can eat crackers with a nice bit of red leicester and some, like, chilli jam on them with no butter. Ooh, chilli jam. I don't think I could eat crackers without butter on. I think that would be a little bit dry for me. You see, I think it's because I'm just so... When I, when I was young and when I was ill, when I was, so, when I was throwing up or whatever I was doing, um, I'd always have you the dry toast and or dry crackers. Yeah. So you get yeah. so used That's to what My mum used it. to give me dry toast. Yeah. Absorb so kind it of, all. Like you said, like when, it, when, yeah, when you're poorly, dry toast. And she used to give me a glass of lemonade with the fizz stirred out. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. Um, a glass of lemonade with the fizz stirred out and then sometimes warm Ribena. Now, I can't stand warm Ribena, but it always helped. Does it? I, I think it's that kind of... Oh, it reminds me of, like, Lemsip. You know, that black... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it kind of, like, opens up, like, yeah. the nasal airways, like, the sinuses. <laughs> or are we just kind of convinced ourselves that's what it's doing? That's what I'm doing. That, I think that's what I've done over the yeah, years. Probably, it's like, yeah, I'm probably, sure this is fine. It doesn't matter. If it works, it works, yeah. If it works, it works. It, it's like those... Um, wives tales where you know you step on a crack you break someone's back or you know you... walking in the ladders and stuff like yeah superstition type things i yeah. think you know when when you're growing up you kind of take things on board and it's like oh you it then gets passed down throughout the generations you know it's like you'll tell your kids or you'll tell someone else's kids and next thing you know they've told their friends and everybody else is drinking one where i've been and thinking this is disgusting why am i doing this yeah <laughs> and, and and before you know it you're doing it but I'm like not even the, there's a thing isn't there like a, a, sto a story I heard or read on the internet about uh, they put these monkeys in a cage and if they went to try and grab the banana that was hanging on the rope they used to get squirted with a water cannon <laughs> and then <laughs> and then they kind of replaced all the monkeys and re removed the banana I think I, I can't remember the story so it's going to sound absolutely rubbish but basically <laughs> They, weren't, they didn't go near the banana and they never got shot with a water cannon, but they knew never to go near the banana, even though they, those monkeys have now never been shot by the water cannon. Yeah. It kind of but passes that even on. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what your Ibiza thing sounds like. Exactly. One it, it, yeah. It's one of those things that we all kind of follow a... I think it's through a you know, societal influences. You know, a bit like people always go, well, I don't like country music because it's too Western. You know, people think... Definitely. Totally agree with that, yeah. Oh, I don't like country music. Have you actually heard country music? It's exactly. It's not all, you know, about truck pickup trucks and fishing and beer on the riverbank. There's loads more to it, especially these days. Especially the British country music. I think there's a lot, a lot more to that these days than people give it credit for, certainly. I think, particularly in the past, what, five, ten years, UK country has seriously taken off. You know, there's so many more artists, there's so many more artists coming out into the fold, and, you know, like yourself included, so much great music. Absolutely. And I think um, bands like um, The Shires, uh, Ward Thomas, who I went to see a couple of years ago, They've done wonders, I think, for the, the UK country music 
lift. Yeah. That's what we would call it. Uh, lifted, lifted the um, scene. That's what yeah. It's lifted the scene up and allowed so many people like myself and other new newer artists and independent artists especially to kind of come through and, and kind of uh, have a little bit of that as well, which is good. I mean, before I started the actual show, I didn't realise how many country independent artists there were in the scene you know not just here in the uk but worldwide and it's oh, so yeah. fascinating i think well country music i think is just really honest true music that's what i think about it you know the, the, the songwriting is kind of written about truths and real life situations and that's why it's very relatable across across the globe yeah um but i think the the way the music industry is 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 organised and run now. I mean, ten years ago, um, it wasn't as easy for people like myself to kind of get a get a song out and available for anybody around the globe to listen to, like it is now through the digital service services and, and streaming platforms. So I completely agree. I mean, it also goes in the sense with so many online radios as well, allowing Absolutely. a wider range of independent artists being heard. You know, it's not just a case of getting onto the commercialised radios. There's now so mm. much extra out there. Exactly. And, and there's people listening to these uh, radio stations. It's not like they are these little kind of micro-bubbles of, uh, of, of people listening. You know, there is so many available but people are actually still listening to them, so... Exactly. Yeah, be able to, yeah. I mean, when I first started the show, it was always a case of, oh, well, you know, I was worried that nobody would listen. And in the end, I told myself, if one person listens to the show and finds somebody new, fantastic, that's one extra listener for that artist. Mm -hmm. And if that turns into two, that's two, three, three, ten, ten, twenty, twenty. Yeah. You know, it's it all adds up, and... That's the great thing with independent artists is the fact that the fan engagement is so much more, it's so much more connected than, you know, particularly, you know, trying to get fans to chat with, like the Shires. I mean, the Shires are an amazing duo and Ward Thomas and everybody else. You know, mm. they're all amazing artists. But in terms of that fan engagement, independent artists Absolutely. seem to have nailed it. And I think that's kind of where we need to be as well. I mean, having um, the social media platforms available to us and not actually engaging with people on a regular basis is kind of seems a little bit um, daft to have yeah. that availability and that kind of close relationship you can build with people who are listening to your music and liking what you're doing and not really use that to kind of build that relationship further, definitely. Um, and... Uh, there's just so many different platforms you can be. I mean, I can't go on Twitter. Twitter makes me angry, Dom. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what is it about Twitter that makes <laughs> you angry? It's where the angry people go. I think it's people put just feel like they can just reply with whatever the heck they want without kind of no kind ramifications. Of self, self, yeah, self management or self checking before they go. Is this actually a nice thing to say or? Is this something that I would say to that person if I was face to face with them? I think that's what Twitter is to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's like tons of good stuff that happens on Twitter, but um, for me, it was just like I'm not. 
I'm not going to kind of jump on that bandwagon. And I think if you kind of throw yourself on all the platforms, then you can't actually have that engagement because you're spreading yourself too thinly. As well. That's my opinion. I, I would be spreading myself too thinly if I kind of started trying to work TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat <laughs> and YouTube and Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon. And, you know, if you tried to kind of cover all the bases, then there wouldn't be a, enough time in my day for me to actually uh, do anything creative, I don't think. So I've kind of picked my, my platforms and sticking to them at the moment, certainly. I think that's one of the hardest things as well is that kind of management of that social media side because there's so many different platforms. I mean, I know myself, you know, with Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, people are always on like TikTok now. And it's like, I don't have the time to do TikToks. I don't. I totally don't have the time for that. And not just that. I think TikTok is a, um, a brilliant platform. And there's been some people who've had their careers launched by a TikTok what have you just what have you just put in your mouth, Dom? I'm eating a Jaffa cake. <gasps> oh. You carry on munching, I'll I'll talk for a bit. I'll take over. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's actually a country artist in um out of uh, I think she's Nashville or just a bit north of Nashville called Lily Rose, who I discovered recently. Mm-hmm. And she's blown up from TikTok, hasn't she? She had a massive, massive hit over in the States. Well it's like the um... That's where she was discovered. The sea shanty guy recently. Oh, massive, yeah. You know, he's just been signed up to a label because of his blow up on. Num- num- number one, number one um, song. Crazy. I mean, it does oh, work, yeah. but it doesn't work for everybody. But if it's another way. I think if you. Go on. I think if you're going to be kind of hanging back, waiting to go viral, I think you might be waiting for a long time, in my opinion. And not to say that it doesn't happen, it clearly does happen. But I think, actually, if you put the time and the effort in and, and, and the work in and, you know, create good songs, um, do the best you can with managing promotion, do the best you can with managing the audience, and you do that on a consistent... But consistency, that's the word, isn't it? That's yeah. That's the word. Consistency. I mean, think- I, in January, I started posting every day. That was my goal, to kind of get into the habit of posting every day. I've got something to kind of share. I think one of the main things is if people are going to do the multiple platforms is to make sure, like you say, that consistency, you at least post in either once a day or once every couple of days to keep the engagement going. Because if you leave it to go stagnant Mm. for a a week, a month, you know, however long, it doesn't get that engagement. I mean, I find it with my Facebook. I because I don't use Facebook that much because I I can't seem to. I used to use Facebook all the time, all the time, mm. and suddenly I've seemed to have gone more towards Twitter because it's so much easier to engage with people. Um, yeah. In a wider sense, but when you kind of like neglect one of the social medias, those figures oh, go it takes down. A nosedive. That's not even down. It takes a nosedive, and people just don't even start seeing your stuff. Um, I had that experience with uh, Facebook recently. My sister, bless her, is my my biggest fan. Like she'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. And uh, even today, I'm released a new song today, and she's come up. I'm, I'm at, she's lost my her top fan status on my Facebook page, and I'm like, how did that even happen? She's clearly, <laughs> the, the 
most engaging person on my on my stuff forever sharing and liking and comment doing everything that you know you want someone to do on your page and facebook's decided she's no longer my top fan i told her to work on that today she's got today to fix it exactly it gives us something to work towards (laughs) yeah (laughs) now we talk about you've you've just kind of like created the great segue too late yes today it's come out today this morning uh it's been a song that I wrote with my wife, actually, last summer. Um, we'd never wrote a, written a song together before. And one Sunday morning, she said, uh, I'd like to write a song with you one day. And I said, come on, then. Let's do it now. Let's yeah. see what happens. And uh, a friend I know had been through the kind of story behind the song. And I kind of said, let's kind of use that. Was a bit of a starting point and that's how too late we came and within i think it was like less than an hour we had the the main structure of the song the lyrics the melody was all written and then i kind of revisited it a, a few weeks later did a bit, few tweaks of some of the lyrics just to kind of tidy them away a little bit make them flow a little bit better and it was a complete song and uh so it was important for me when I started recording this song, it was important to get Anna involved. Um, so Anna um, is singing backing vocals on the song, which she absolutely hated doing to begin with. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> because she said she, she kind of hasn't got confidence in her singing. She, I, I think she's got a good singing voice, but she's got absolutely zero confidence in her own singing. So I said to her, look, I said, here we go. If you don't like it, we'll just delete it. Yeah. And she said, okay, I'll have a go with that. And because it was it was something that could have got deleted, I think she was fine with it. Um, so I tried to get her involved as much as possible. I mean, she gets involved anyway with, with my music because uh, I don't shut up about it, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Too right as well. You shouldn't shut up about yeah. it. Scream <laughs> from the rooftops. Um, but yeah, so this is really quite an important song to me because so obviously Anna and I wrote it and she got involved. She played some of the piano parts in there. And some little piano bits in there. Um, so it's actually been really kind of, uh, uh, what's the word? Poignant mm-hmm. for me to kind of get this out there. Um, so that's the kind of, that's where the song kind of uh, came from. But um, I've spent the last few weeks kind of uh, talking to anybody I, I've ever talked to in my entire life about it. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we'll get some. Uh, some, some good feedback from people. What what I tend to do is the song is mine up until the day it's released, and then it becomes everybody else's. It's not my song anymore; it's everybody's. Yeah, uh, I can't. I don't. Don't. I try tend not to be kind of insular about it. Um, I don't. I don't make CDs of my music. One of the things I kind of made a decision about when I started recording songs is at this point I'm, I don't really want to be creating albums. I think it's important as an independent artist, like we said about engagement, is to be putting out um, music as, as, as often as you can um, to kind of keep engagement there. So I've, I'm do e- a couple of EPs I've done and a couple of singles now, which has been good. And so far, the, the kind of feedback over the, the past couple of weeks with the, the little snippets I've teased to people and everyone listening so far today. And it's been really good and really positive, super positive. In fact, actually, I'm over the moon. So, uh, yeah, you should be where we're at. We're too late. 
you should be over the moon though, because too late is it strikes a chord. It everybody. I would have thought that everybody had been through that kind of situation where it is, to use the title, too late in a relationship, you know, to turn yeah. back to, particularly when you get into like, say an argument, for example, you know, and once those words are out of your mouth, it's too late to take them back. Or as soon as you Never walk too out late. the door, or... Yeah, yeah. But it, and it, that's the question, is it actually too late? Yeah. And the the, the, the main... The main lyric that kind of a lot of people have said, "Oh my God, that's like that, that's me." Is it, is it too late to ask you to save me? Is it too late to ask you to love me? You know, is is that a I'm sorry? Mm. Is it kind of a asking for forgiveness? Is it a I'm sorry I was a bit of a dick? Um, or is it a you know, yeah, I didn't treat you right. I'm I'm really sorry about that. But you kind of moved on now, but I haven't. And yeah, I just realised that I've let you go, and actually, you're the most important person to me. Is it too late to kind of get back together? Is it too late to fix things? Is it, you know, not, not necessarily back together as well? Is it sometimes you just want to kind of clear the air and kind of um, clear your conscience and just kind of put put that bad, those bad feelings to bed so you can kind of move on in whatever direction you go in as well. Yeah, I mean. Have you, when you when you're writing too late though, particularly with your partner, like, are you going back to previous experiences, or is it something that you two have done together? You know, where you've kind of got into an argument and then realised. Oh, oh we, yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure every couple's been in that situation where um, you've been in a, you know, where you've kind of took things too far <laughs> because you didn't know how to kind of go back and kind of, you know, one of the things that we've learned, we've been together now for nearly 11 years. We've been married for seven. It was our wedding anniversary this month, actually. Thank you. Um, and one of the things that we definitely kind of agree that we've we've grown in our relationship is our ability to actually say sorry. I yeah. think that's quite an important thing in a relationship. Is to, you know, we, we used to argue about the same. We used to argue but be agreeing, but we'd still be kind of arguing. And then we'd laugh about it afterwards and go, what the hell are we doing? This is just stupid. I, th I think when it comes to relationships, the when, you, when you're able to argue and you're able to get into a fight like that, but then laugh about it afterwards is kind of the basis of what you can expect from a relationship because there's everybody has two different opinions you know we've all got our own unique opinions and there's always going to be a contradiction totally. and if you get say if you go into an argument and you don't come out of the other side then things that's when things really heat up and you've got to kind of question about the validity of a relationship yeah. but when you can work on the argument and say improve on both sides that's when it yeah. truly means something Absolutely. And uh, do you know what? Over the last 12 months as well, I'm sure there'll be plenty of couples out there who will agree with me. There's been a, a lot of couples who have become much closer because of lockdown. Um, my wife's been working from home um, since well, last March. Yeah. And we've spent so much more time together, which can make or break a, you know, a relationship, I'm sure, but it's brought us so much closer. Um, we've, you know, we've spent days 
where we've got laughed so much and you know we've we've had some kind of uh, sticky moments when one of us has been feeling down or not feeling good about the whole situation but uh, above them above all really the two of us have come going to be coming out of this a, a stronger unit definitely yeah I well think. That, I think that's the difficulty with this whole pandemic as well is not so much the inability to see other people but being stuck inside with the same people you know there's only so mm. we, we all crave freedom we all crave that escapism and when you're I mean it's great when you can stay in the same room 24 7 seven days a week 365 days a year with the same person but it's always going to take a toll at some point there's always going to be a conflict there's always going to be a disagreement so you know definitely but if you if you kind of work together to make sure those disagreements don't kind of affect you then it's that's what i think i mean how everyone runs their relationship or works their relationships as an individual thing or a couple thing and i get that but it certainly helped the two of us over the past 12 months to kind of we talk about stuff a lot we make sure we've got time for each other as well as like you know i kind of come up and spend hours and hours in this little room doing music stuff and yeah, but I come down at the end of, end of the day or or the next day if I'm up. Sometimes I've got insomnia and I can stay up to two or three o'clock in the morning tinkering mm-hmm. with you. <laughs> Especially when I start tinkering on the guitar too loud and I get a stomp on the floor. Shut up! I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Ooh, shit, got. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, as long as you kind of you, Having when you go to work or you go out for the day and you come back at the end of the night, you've got lots to talk about because you haven't seen each other. But when you're seeing each other all the time, all day, every day, well, you kind of have less to talk about. But when when it's a bit like what I was saying, you know, regarding the escapism, when you go to work, you're getting away from that kind of situation. And it's like for mm. myself, I've been really lucky in the sense that I'm an engineer in my day to day job. Mm. So I can actually, I've still got to go to work because I can't exactly bring the machines home with me. And I've st- I've got the opportunity to get myself away from this kind of you know it could yeah. be a tense atmosphere it could be you know a complicated atmosphere but still you know you've got that opportunity to get away. What's it been like for you in terms of throughout this lockdown? You know, have you had chance to go to work in a day job? Or- um, well, I'm I'm self-employed. Um, I mean, I do, uh, I work on, in the wedding and event kind of industry. So my day job, so to speak, kind of took a nosedive when everything kind of closed. Closed So, um, I mean, my sister runs her own business as well. And I have had the opportunity to kind of, uh, help her out and do some, do some paid work through, through her business, which has been helpful. Um, but music's been the thing I've turned to, Don. I'm throw, like literally throwing myself into it at, at, in the early stages, yeah, just to kind of keep keep my own sanity. I think as well because, like, when I don't know how the people, I don't know how people have kind of sat and watched as much Netflix as they have as they have this lot. I mean, I've watched some. Don't get me wrong. We've we've yeah. binge watched quite a few things, but. Um, yeah, I, I I need to keep busy. I kind of if if I'm kind of sat idle, I kind of find that kind of doesn't work for me. So, um, 
putting myself into music and I've, I've had you know, YouTube learning, I've been online course, kind of what I can get my hands on. What's been the most fascinating thing that you've learned so far then, whilst you've been locked down? Um, fascinating? I don't know. I did make some shells out of an old pallet. Oh, yeah. Went through, yeah, I went through a bit of a kind of, uh, I'm going to do something with my hands and be creative and make things out of pallets because that's what a lot of people were doing at the time. That <laughs> <laughs> went, by, went by the by, went by the by. Me and power tools don't, don't work very well. And I managed to stand on a nail through my shoe and into my foot while I was trying to, yeah, no, it wasn't good. That hurt. <laughs> so I'm not allowed to uh, operate any power tools or hammers and stuff anymore. Have you been told off? I got told off, yeah. That's not good for me. No, I told myself off as well, didn't I? It's not for me. Use your hand. Play guitar, play play piano or whatever. I've, I've bought a mandolin, actually. I've been reeling in the mandolin. I used to play years ago. And uh, when I kind of had my falling out with music, I got sold my mandolin, so I bought a new one. So I've been kind of relearning how to play that again. So, oh, Wow. All my next songs are going to have mandolin soloed in them, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> it's always the case. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Definitely. I'm looking forward to that, though. But yeah, I mean, I've, I, I've never recorded music on a computer before. I used to use a, an old um, digital recording station deck thing, and then before that, a four-track tape recorder when I was recording any demos and stuff. So Yeah. For me just kind of putting out being able to learn how to record my music and mixing and then I don't do the mastering I, a friend of mine does that I send, send it to him and he saw that sort of thing because that's the whole other level of wizardry uh, and then collaborating with people so like on, on the track Too Late and my previous single um, uh, Drive On Through <clears throat> I worked with a bass player who lives uh, in North Wales where I'm originally from yeah, and John was recording bass and sending it to me, and we were exchanging things via the internet. That's been a fascinating process of uh, of doing that. Not even been in the room with somebody when they're kind of recording the bits for your song, so that's been quite fun. And then on uh, on too late, another friend of mine who lives in South Wales, Marika, she's done some of the backing vocals as well as Anna. So we've kind of with that that whole kind of how to work with people without being in the same room as people. It's been really quite interesting process. Do Having you... conversations like this via Zoom or via um, FaceTime or... Do you, know what, do you know what I think is really, really, really sweet? What's that? On Too Late. The great thing with Spotify is you can basically get pretty much all of the information. And you've given Anna writing credits. Yeah, absolutely. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I'm not kind of taking all the credit for it. She was very instrumental in the writing process. So, Is Anna in right now? She's downstairs working, yeah. Oh, she's working. I was going to say, if you want to bring her in, yeah. she can. She's, every, she's entitled to the <laughs> chat. <laughs> She's in her work clothes, which is basically the giant hoodie 
I bought her for Christmas that she's basically lived in. Christmas, <laughs> so she, no, she, <laughs> so she's working, unfortunately. Okay, well, it, it's a shame because it would be nice to get her take on the whole writing process. I can tell you. Go I on. can tell you because she's told me. The first thing that she'll tell you about Too Late is that she doesn't actually like the electric guitar. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She said that she doesn't like the electric guitar. She kind of said to me, you know, you know what, what sounds better than what, what I do. She, that's what she said. She said she prefers it... Um, without the electric guitar. And I've, so I've done, I've, done, I've actually done uh, an Anna's mix, which I might include as uh, on a, I'm planning to do a kind of um, uh, B-sides and rarities type type thing with oh, yeah. some really old stuff and, and some different versions of songs, recent songs. So I might include that on there with a, an Anna's version. <laughs> no oh. electric guitars. There we go. You can go. You can go very John Denver esque and just call it Anna's EP, and then oh, yeah, we could, couldn't we do Anna's version? Yeah, just do like whole acoustic sessions and stripped back vocals and get out. Yeah, I, I did. I did that in January. I released um, four, four four tracks on an EP in January, which I recorded uh, live and acoustic. It was just like as, as I sang them, as I played them, that's what was recorded. Um, it was kind of a little bit strange because, you know, they're a little bit raw and a little bit kind of rough around the edges, but I wanted to capture what it would be like if I was sat in a room singing them live. Uh, and she says, that's what I prefer. And I said, yeah, you prefer that? Because that's what, when I go and do a show, that's what I, that's what I do. It's just me and my guitar. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a full band to play with, so you're not used to hearing me with that full band sound. No, I just don't like this guitar. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay babe just there there okay babe yeah trust me on this one <laughs> I, I've got to say though when it comes to music I love the full band production but then I also like I also love I also adore acoustic versions because it really strips it back and you can really feel the power in each remote you know in each word and each lyric and the way it's because when it comes to songwriting and I know on your website you've got a Tricks behind oh, what? What? How do you describe it? Uh, it's like the um, stories behind uh, songwriting secrets. That's it. And yeah. you kind of break down songwriting, but I do love the way that songs are. Songs do progress, you know, and some have like a timeline from start to finish and have that yeah. storytelling, you know, aesthetic to it. But then you get some that are just so in your face and I mean we talked about your EP acoustic EP already Tra uh, the tracks include Traffic Faithless Silence and Hold On yeah all amazing songs everything I mean thank I can't you. I can't fault anything you do thank you very much well those those songs are actually four songs off my um, debut album that I actually released in 2001 so they're 20 years old those songs um, so I wanted to do something to know, to celebrate that, but do them completely differently. I mean, 20 years ago, they were recorded on a little kind of recording deck with a little Casio keyboard. It sounds a bit cringeworthy listening to the originals now, to be honest. <laughs> but they are what they are, and that's, that's how it was, you know, sign of the times and stuff. So I wanted to kind of do what I do now to those songs. So, um, And they're, they're some of the more 
raw and emotional songs that I wrote back then. Um, part of the time when I was kind of um, struggling with my sexuality and you know ready to come out and stuff like that. So a lot of that was all kind of inbuilt in, into those songs. So it was nice to kind of breathe some some new life into them in January. We, it was supposed to be such a personal thing. I was recording them for me and to put them out, but not really kind of promote them or anything. Yeah. And then it was, I mean, Char- Charlotte from ARC, she said, oh, can I hear? And I said, yeah, okay, I'll send you them. And she's like, oh my God, you made me cry. You've got to let me play it on the radio. I'm like, oh God, okay. Charlotte <laughs> is amazing. And so is Simon. They're both absolutely amazing people. And I'm lucky. I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky to be friends with them. And I mean, just when they were playing, particularly yesterday, when they were talking about Too Late and the fact it's coming out, you know, today, they mm. were so excited. They're just so, they, they love you. And I mean, we all do. They do. We all do. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I just can't even, I can't even describe how much I appreciate people like Self and Charlotte and Simon and uh, Sammy over at Three Cores when she wrote the review. For me, it's, it's kind of like a what is going on yeah. scenario. And I mean, I chatted with Charlotte a little bit this morning and she said, just kind of go with it. If that's what it is. And you use the kind of energy, the positive energy to kind of drive forward. And that's what I try and do. I'm very much a, a positive person and try and see the positive. Obviously too late a little bit of a sad story, <laughs> but I'd like to think that, <laughs> I'd like to think that there's a positive in there somewhere, but uh, Drive On Through is definitely a more positive song than, than this one. But uh, <laughs> actually, Drive On Through wasn't because it was all about all my cancelled holiday trips, and that's why I wrote that song. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning of lockdown last year. But um, yeah, I try. I try my best to be positive. And I kind of just looking forward to kind of moving forward. And um, I'm obviously quite quite new into the UK country music scene now. Um, although I've kind of followed it for some time, it's kind of my first kind of footsteps in, into, the, into the world. So all exciting for me. It's an exciting time. I mean, I wouldn't say that you knew. I'd say that you was, you was fresh-faced, coming from a break. Mm. You know, a bit like when... Mm. You, t- you take a bit of time out just to cleanse the body and you kind of find yourself. You go on a sabbatical to... You take a gap year somewhere. No. Definitely. A few gap years I had then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're so maybe grateful. That's what, maybe that's what happened, though. I kind of took a few gap years and then what I like to think is a, a fresh face but not new is that that experience, that life experience I've managed to kind of um, to garner, I can put that into the songs. I, I try and write songs that are um, personal and well, one of the things I kind of say to people is I, I like to write songs that other people relate to. I write your songs. Yeah. I love telling stories in songs. When I'm writing a song, I want it to be a story. I want it to have a beginning and end. Stuff going on in the middle. And if we can kind of round it off, you know, go back to the beginning message or the beginning flip it or just round it off. That's what I try and do with all my So going, comparing the two kind of eras then, we've got the first era and the second era. <clears throat> second era has been this most recent era of you being around. Mm-hmm. 
starting off this era, do you find it's better now than when it, what it was like when you first started off your first era? I think I, I'm, I know more about the industry or the world of music now. Being, you know, 20, 20 years ago, I was incredibly naive. If you'd have asked me 20 years ago, um, by the time I'm 40, am I going to have a Grammy? Yeah, I was like, yeah, maybe one or two. <laughs> Would I be kind of, you know, that's my aim. Touring the world. I haven't got, I haven't got, I haven't got a Grammy, by the way. <laughs> You just got and six. Uh, stuff was there. We can't see on camera. But I'm more happy now that I'm able to get my music to a place where people anywhere in the world can listen to to it. My, the thing that Spotify do every year was that Spotify Wrapped. Yeah. I kind of I looked through that and I was like, whoa! There was, there was something like 62 countries where people had listened to my song. It might have been once. It might have been a hundred times. I don't care. There was people in 62 different countries around the world listened to my music last year. And that kind of blew my brain, literally. Crazy. Blew my mind. It's absolutely mental. I mean, that's that's kind of the great thing when it comes to technology these days. I mean, people always say, oh, technology is the, that's what's causing the demise of our society. But technology in this sense has allowed us to reach mm. so many new people. Absolutely, yeah. And um, it's not just reach as well. It's, um, I mean, things evolve. And if you say to people, oh, my stepdad, bless him, he always says, can you send me a CD? And I'm like, no, I don't actually own a CD player anymore. <laughs> Even my car hasn't got a CD player anymore. That was my last, <laughs> my last CD player was my car. And even that doesn't have a CD player anymore. And he's like, well, how do you listen to music? And I'm like, there's, I'm a Spotify premium member. I've just got all the music now. I just pay per month for it. And he's like, oh, I don't get it. My stepdad has got a wall, maybe the size of one behind me, just full of CD. Yeah. And DVD. And I'm like, how do you, you know, if you decide how you can listen to something, and he goes, oh, sometimes I'll just pick one randomly. I say, well, I do that every day. Mm -hmm. But I don't get a random selection of what I've bought. I get a random selection of, all the music. Everything. And that's the great kind Everything. of diversity of it. Yeah. And I've discovered so much good music because of that. I mean, I discovered The Wandering Hearts because of that. And I love their um, uh, Call Me the Devil, the song that they're, they're track, The Devil. Discovered that track and it blew me away. And I'm like, right, now I'm just going to listen to everything else that they've ever done. Ever. Yeah. That's it. You need that and kind of catalyst. Yeah, definitely. And I hope that's what possibly could be happening with myself and other independent artists is that someone catches you on something or, and that can then start, start a new little kind of avenue for someone to like the rest of your music. So That's what it's about. You don't get that 10, 15 years ago. It didn't happen. You literally had to get off, get up, go to the shop, go to HMV, have a rummage through there. <laughs> HMV, oh. <laughs> or our price record. I mean, you can see, you know, with the development of like Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, all the different variants of, you know, music distribution, I'd call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can see why shops like HMV have kind of demised because of that, uh, 
accessibility and the availability of music online? I don't I don't think that they are out of the the market. I think they're still a play. I mean when big artists put an album out, mm-hmm. they they they're gonna put it out on C D as well and they're just gonna you know because the big artists have got the big audiences and the big fan bases who wanna be able to kind of support them with physical sales as, as well as digital streaming, but Well it's like um I remember one of the first recent vinyls I bought was Arctic Monkeys and it was their AM vinyl and the great thing with that was they also had a digital download code that they gave with each vinyl as well so not only did you have the physical vinyl of the of their album but you also have the download code as well so you've got both access to that's the both worlds vinyl's making a big comeback isn't it exactly you know that that, that's where I was going to segue into was the whole you know resurgence of vinyl and how in the next what 10 years you never know with i mean tapes have started to come back as well um cds might make a comeback i mean it's not as good as vinyl Mm. because it doesn't have that same scratchy sound that vinyl gives you that kind of authentic yeah definitely but you know i think I've, i've seen quite a few little um record players advertised and which is kind of like silly. It's kind of crazy. It's like literally done a full circle. Yeah. No one was buying vinyl after cassettes and CDs and stuff. And then cassettes went and CDs, the whole mini disc thing came and went in a blink of an eye. Yeah. <laughs> and then vinyl. <laughs> well, you had the mini and disc and the maxi disc. You had the big, big CDs. Oh, those big laser discs, weren't they? Yeah. 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 Oh, things that's a crazy thing with technology i mean like you know we started off this little chat you know the fact that we've got we're in this zoom era and how we can connect with people worldwide i mean i've never Mm. i mean i was talking about the show just at the start and the fact i'm coming up to 100 episodes i've spoke to almost 100 different people around the world amazing and because of the computer i've not physically met a single person that I spoke to. Wow. So it, it's just crazy the kind of reach that you can now have and the kind of accessibility to different countries mm. and to different people and to engage with different yeah. people as well. It's well, that and certainly during lockdown, doing live streams, there's pe- friends of mine who live, you know, two, three hundred miles away who've never actually come to see me do a gig. Yeah. Who actually got to see me perform. So I think for myself and certainly for a lot of people, live streams going forward will still kind of tick away in the background, even when venues are open and we can get out doing performances again, because it does open up your um, your performing and your live performing further away than just actually in a venue where people have bought tickets or even if it's just the back room of a pub, the people, you know, it opens up to a lot more, which is, I think is brilliant again. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, what do you think will happen? What do you reckon will happen with live streaming when gigs start opening back up again? Do you reckon there'll be a continuation of it? I'd like to think so. I think there'll be an initial dip mm-hmm. of people not wanting to. But I still think that um, uh, artists will benefit from doing live streams. Uh, I joined uh, DC Brown on his Twitch live stream yeah. uh, this weekend, just gone. And that's my first um, foray into the world of Twitch. I thought Twitch was just the 
eight-year-old gamers who were killing each other on Fortnite. But <laughs> I guess not. I thought that as well. <laughs> Um, but apparently not. There's a whole music world on there. And I've kind of been like uh, having to dig around on that all week this week and found some amazing musicians and artists who are regularly performing live on Twitch. Um, well, it's like it's um, fascinating. Carl Kendrick from SW20 Country, a radio show in South Wales. He, yeah. he not only does his show on a radio, but he also streams it on Twitch. And he has a he has a constant feed with you know people listening, and there's a couple of us that are sat in there every every Tuesday, and yeah. we we just discuss things. You know, we talk about music. We play. We even play games whilst we listen to the music in the background. Super. Yeah. So it's about that engagement. Yeah, and that's when I was doing live streams during lockdown. That's what was happening. People, um, if even if it was you know friends, family. And then my friends and family were bringing in their friends. And then, so there was a load of people I've, I've never met kind of joining in. And then they were sharing it with their friends. And it was, and everyone was like, hi, chatting away. I'm just kind of sing, singing away. Yeah. And they're all having a catch up while they're enjoying the, the music as well. So I, I love that kind of community feel of those live streams in that sense. So I do hope they do carry on because... You never. There's very rare occasions where you're going to get all the people that could get onto a live stream in the same room, at a, an actual gig. So there's definitely a place for them, I think. Now, one of the things I want to kind of finish up on is, in particular, the topic that you're wearing. For everybody who can't see, I'm in my Ravenclaw Team Captain's T-shirt, Team Ravenclaw. Love it. <laughs> Love it. I mean, I'm a big fan of Harry what Potter. House, what house are you? Oh, it's got to be Gryffindor. It, it's the one that I was oh, given. Everyone chooses Gryffindor. I, no, I did the quiz thing where you answer random questions and it tells you the... Mm. That's why I bought the Ravenclaw, because that's what house I got put in. And that's that's how I got... I, don't, I didn't choose... I, I, was, I was hoping I was actually going to be something like Slytherin, because it's something completely different that nobody wants. <laughs> a bit interesting, yeah. But I was putting Gryffindor, so I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I've got a Easter egg here that I've had since Christmas. That is a golden snitch. Snitch. And has that got chocolate in there? And you haven't eaten it. That's hollow chocolate. I've not eaten it yet. I don't think I'll ever eat it. That's going to stay on my bench, and it's going to go. Okay. What I might do though. I mean, it's got these little knobbly bits here. I think it's supposed to be like when the seeker catches it, they've got something to grip onto. Okay, yeah, yeah. But what I might do is I might just buy a tennis ball because it's about the size of a tennis ball. Yeah, I was going to say, you could, or you can roll up a, fo- a ball of aluminium foil or something in there. But the great thing is it's got these kind of like ridges and it's very detailed. Yeah, so, but the snitch is like that, isn't it? Exactly. And... Yeah. I'm going to my extensive Harry Potter collection here. I have a, a fidget spinner. Snitch. It's a fidget spinner. Oh, is it? Oh, that's cool. I like that. So I've had. I was bought this ages ago. Um, I like that. Oh, it's all hiding around now. I need to 
organise my bench. <laughs> you tidied up. Um, well, that's, that's it. That... When I tidy up, I can never find it. <laughs> that's it. I mean, I've got a Gryffindor dressing gown just across from there. I've got Hogwarts slippers lying around somewhere. I've oh, got, like... you really, you're proper Harry Potter fan there. I've got a remote control wand for the TV. Um, no. And I've got... So you could change the channel or... With a wand. Yep. You can, it's like when you're wanting to fast forward, you just flick to the right. If you want to rewind, you flick to the no, left. I need. It, I need. If you want to pause TV, you just kind of like jab it. And if you want to like, there's there's different, like if you want to do volume up, you can swish upwards. If you want volume down, swish downwards. Yeah, it's, it's cool. When, when we finish talking, Dom, you're going to send me a link. <laughs> so I can buy myself one of them. Oh, it's next to my bed, and it's, oh, it's yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a geek. <laughs> um, last... geek, geek, geeks are cool these days. Exactly. You know, we're, we're making a resurgence. It's like um, like vinyl. We're coming back. People want to be Definitely. geeky. Yeah. Um, pineapple on pizza. What's your thoughts? Absolutely, I am pro pineapple on pizza. I have two reasons for this. I actually do like it. But if I have pineapple on my pizza, it means no one else is going to steal it. Because mm-hmm. everyone else hates pineapple. Like, I love white chocolate Twixes because Ooh. no one else in my house will eat them. Oh, yeah, see? And I know that I can put them in the cupboard. And when I want one, I can go and get one because no one's nicked them. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> I like, yeah, pineapple on pizza. I like... Uh, Red Leicester cheese and jam on a sandwich. Okay. No one will lick your sandwiches if you've got cheese and jam. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can see. You can see where my kind of thought process for my, what food I really like goes yeah. here. It's, it's based on people nicking it and not nicking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like during this chat, I've been eating Jaffa cakes and I've got to hide the Jaffa cakes in my room just know nobody else eats it. Yeah. I love a Jaffa cake as well. No. And interesting fact that I learned recently, right? Do you know why they're called Jaffa Cakes and not Jaffa Biscuits? Uh, tax, I think. No. So the definition of a cake is it's soft to begin with and it goes hard. Oh, yeah. The definition yes. of a biscuit, it's hard and it goes soft when it's gone off. And I was like, no. That's why they can't be called Jaffa Biscuits because they're already soft and they'll go hard when they're off. See, these are starting to go... These are starting to go, Sam. That's the reason why I'm eating them now. Oh, you've got to eat them then. Yeah, absolutely. You carry on. So in your mind then, Jaffa cakes are cakes, not biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. You can still eat them as a biscuit, but they are cakes. See, I've always thought they were cakes. I mean, I've got a Jaffa cake cake, so it's just totally amazing. Yeah. Nice. Now, what's your thoughts on snails as a delicacy? To eat them? I have eaten snails before um, with loads of garlic butter. Mm-hmm. They're nice. But they're fiddly little things to eat. Do you have to get like and a fork? Like, the effort, and like... Yeah, the effort you have to put in to kind of eat them does not kind of... Kind of the ratio of effort to kind of enjoyment is just <laughs> way off. Like like crabs. The effort to get the crabs out. Yeah. I'm all about kind of minimal effort type food I am. Yeah, I get that. Minimal effort I mean, and doing it so people don't steal it. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Like last night I made 
sloppy doughs, which is kind of like bolognese, but with like maybe Mexican spices in it. Yeah. And then I covered all mine with uh, guacamole because my wife doesn't like that, so she wouldn't make any. Clever. Clever. It adds yeah. that extra little bit of flavour as well, the avocado. I, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Tactics, you see. Tactics. That's what it's about. <laughs> We've got it sussed. <laughs> Can't argue, can't take my food. No, don't share food. Either like food that people don't like or squirrel it away. That's what we do. And because I like most foods, that is not difficult for me. Mm-hmm. What? Olives. I love, a little, I love a little bowl of olives. See, I'm not a big fan no of olives. No one else in my house eats olives. I think they're a bit... Someone said to me once, someone said to me once, if you try olives ten times, by the tenth time, if you don't like them, you're never going to, like, give up. But... You'll you'll either start liking them on the way to the tenth try, and I went sure that's not going to happen. Olives number six for me it was really yeah turned turned a corner on olive corner. I was in Spain at the time though. That does make a big difference, I think. I think I'm on like four four times I've tried them. <laughs> I've still got a way to go. Then <laughs> they're not for everybody, Dom. They're not for everybody. I get that. I think it's just how you expect them to be kind of like like grapes, and in your mind you've got that's like a, what it is, yeah. And you, you it's bite an association into thing. Bite into them, and they're kind of like not tough, but they've got a bit of a firmer texture, and it kind of puts yeah. me off. It just I don't know what it is. And they can if you get if they're not good olives, they can be a bit bitter as well. Mm. Or oh, good olives like Spanish or. When you go Greece, when you get to go Greece in October, try some in Greece. Okay. That's it. That's if we go. Yeah, if you get to go. Oh, where can people find you, Celine, on social media then? Uh, I am hanging out quite a bit on Instagram and Facebook. They are both at Celine Ellis Music. You'll find me both there. Um, I have got a YouTube channel which I do try and look after and put new videos up on there. Um, I do uh, little covers and little acoustic versions of some songs that I'm writing them. Um, I had a whole month during February of writing new songs, so there's quite a few videos of, of those gone up on YouTube, yeah. some random ones on there. Um, I quite like sharing things because I used to write songs and take them to a gig and then see what people say about them. You can't do that at the minute. So YouTube's the next best thing to get some feedback on new songs. At I, th- minute. I think the great thing as well is, you know, it's not just like an instant feedback. It gives you like a kind of perspective over time. You know, if people, not yeah, everybody definitely. listens, you know, straight away and picks up everything, whereas people can go back to it and re-listen and re-listen and yeah. develop. Yeah. So I'm, I, I don't, some people I know kind of like after a while start deleting videos because they're not as good. I'm like, well, no, I don't see the point in that. Leave them up. If, if your first ones aren't as good, it shows that you've actually developed. It shows you, you're on your way somewhere. It shows development. It shows a journey. And I'm all about that. All about stories, journey. Yeah. Definitely. That's awesome. But I hang, I hang out most on Instagram. I, I kind of, what I, what I say to people is Instagram, you'll get kind of the what I'm up to stuff. Facebook has got kind of, uh, in fact, it's where most of my, my kind of people hang out on Facebook, so I do try and tend to kind of make sure I hang out there as well. Yeah. But I'm, I have got a Twitter account, but I don't really look at it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I've got one, but I don't, 
<laughs> some some people are like, you got to message, message me on Twitter. I'm like, oh, okay, so I'll, I'll log in and I'll do that. But yeah, no, I totally get it. Totally, totally get it. Well, people, make sure you get too late in your playlists. Get it on your favorite you know click that nice little heart button on spotify make sure you're following celine on spotify as well just search celine ellis and absolutely yeah just check out the music because it is absolutely amazing absolutely love you and thank you what you've done thank you very much. and what i've got so much more already planned for the rest of this year i've got all the releases planned for the year so i kind of uh i've got at least three more songs going to be out hopefully four before the end of the year yay <laughs> oh cannot wait thank you for coming on it's been an hope, absolute pleasure no thank you thank you it's been an absolute pleasure for me actually I don't think we've known where the time's gone we've been chatting for hours haven't we <laughs> an hour and 21 we've actually been talking I think it's like an hour for the actual podcast itself an hour and 10 yeah good stuff crazy crazy how time flies eh great it does when you're having fun Dom <laughs> well I look forward to chatting with you again soon particularly when you've got Please some do, new music yeah, out. And we'll organise some Definitely. Instagram live streams as well. Oh, yeah, please. That'd be lovely. I'd love that. Thank- I don't think I've ever... I don't think I've gone live on Instagram before, actually. Really? That's one thing I need to tick off, yeah. Well, there we go. We can we can pop that cherry. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Share that together. Oh, it's going to be an experience. <laughs> Thank you for coming on and thank you everybody for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Hope to see you all next time. Bye for now. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews and general chit chats on all things country music.